Welcome to the Whiskey and Wisdom Podcast, coming to you from the Cargo District Recording Studios in Wilmington, North Carolina, where we discuss the most fascinating topics of life. I'm Tyler Yaw with my co-host, Chris Kelly, and each week we interview a special guest to learn how they acquired their wisdom over a glass of whiskey. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and enjoy Whiskey and Wisdom. Welcome to The Last Shot. Sometimes at the end of an episode, the whiskey really starts to hit, and the guys start to get a little goofy. These are the fun conversations that you don't get to hear during the episode. I hope you enjoy The Last Shot on this wonderful weekend. So, I have a random question for Absolutely. We end. What position did you play in volleyball? So, in high school, <laughs> I was an outside hitter. Okay. And I was back now. We got to remember, this is the dark ages. Yeah, like okay. literally, like this is pre-video. Like right. So in 1984, uh, I was a pretty good outside hitter. I grew, I went to Redondo High in Redondo Beach, California, mm-hmm. and I was a six-two outside hitter, which was 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 pretty small even then. Now, like there's you know there's they're seven feet tall, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. somehow but, but everyone I had a, is but, over but, six eight. But I could touch in high school. I could touch ten six, and then in college, I eventually could touch eleven feet, which is a foot wow, above a basketball yeah. rim. Yeah. So, and then very quickly when I got to college, the, the coach was like, you're too small to play. You know, you're just, they're just too big. So we're, we're going to turn you into a setter. Mm-hmm. And I dovetail off this comment I just made. Outside hitters are pretty aggressive, angry. Yes. Like you just, you're just going to hurt somebody yeah. all the time. Then a setter has to be very cerebral and has to be in control. And so I try, I, I had to mix that anger and that competitiveness and then try to become a quarterback and a coach. And it was, it was a, it was tough, but very few people played with somebody that was as passionate as I was. I'll use that word. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if, yeah, if I didn't win, it was the, the drywall was going to be in trouble. Yeah. Like I was, I was that competitive. And so I, I sat in college and okay. I played on the beach for a few years and, mm. and to very, low, moderate success. My dad, the reason I got in this business, my dad told me I had to get a job. He's like, John, you really have to get a job. And I'm like, I'm going to be a, like a big time boy. I mean, I'm going to make all this money. And he's like, John, you've been playing for three years. You're not making any money. You got to get a job. But I had a dream and it was the most fun you could ever have traveling around playing beach volleyball. So that was a, that was a late eighties. Long time ago. Uh, you ever stop by Captain Bill's and so, get your feet wet? Funny story. The closest we ever got here was Virginia Beach, but there was a couple players from here that played in a couple of the tournaments. And they, and they were talking about it, but, and I'm like, like, I'd never been here before. And so, I, I mean, obviously growing up in Southern California, mm-hmm. there's like, if you go to most grade schools around the country, they would have kickball tetherball, softball, baseball, football, yeah. like in Southern California, there's a lot, there's volleyball courts. I mean, there's all those other things yeah, too, but there's, but there's nets volleyball, everywhere. Right? So yeah. all the kids are playing. So I just, so when I came, I'm like, wait, where's the beach? And we went down to the beach. The, the water was like, and I'm like, right, where do we right. play? They're like, we would play over here at this this place and yeah. we go. And it was a very controlled environment. Yeah. So the difference between here and Southern California is you're right on the water. If it's windy, it's windy. Mm-hmm. And so this was a, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Now they've opened these facilities yeah. you know, all over the, all over the country and all these, like, especially back when I was playing, the girls were playing at the professional level, but there was no high school or college beach. Now it's just exploded. Um, there's more girls uh, playing beach volleyball than, uh, than guys are. It's, am- it's amazing. And yeah. um, you go watch them play and 
it's it's just the level of their play is just incredible. Yeah, my sister just graduated. She played for Averett okay. on their volleyball team. Okay, and that's what I got to watch one one series out of the four years she played because yep. she played through COVID, and one it just it sucks because of the way my schedule worked out. I couldn't get up there because they are four hours away. Yeah, and that's a whole day. But it was just interesting to watch the competitive nature, but also, like you said, seeing people who learn the different skills, like, hey, if you want to play here, you got to adapt. Well, I coached for, I guess, 25 years, and I coached by pre-getting into this industry, which was in the early 90s. I coached at a division while I was a head coach at a small college and um, coaching the indoor game. And then I coached club for girls for many, many years, and it never ceased to amaze me. Like every, I think, youth sport, there's probably still a few of them around, but back when I was coaching, there were a lot of dinosaurs mm-hmm. who were, you know, yelling at the kids, calling, you know, just beating them up and calling right. them names. And it was amazing for me to see that some encouragement and some insight could just open a kid's eyes. If You know, like for me, I was, I was an outside hitter mm-hmm. and I was told I had like, I wasn't asked. I was told if you want to play, <laughs> right. you are, you're not, getting here's your the, option. Yeah. You're not getting on the court unless you set. And then I'm like, okay, well, if, the, if you're telling me that's the recipe, I'm going to go be the best chef. Right. And mm-hmm. so like a lot of the kids today are, they're so amazing that I, I don't know what happened, but in the last 30 years, there wasn't, you know, young ladies that were six foot three who could move like these young ladies. And then there weren't guys that were six, nine or six, 10 that can move. Like the, the, the athletic ability of the people playing volleyball now is like two or three times higher than the level. And I know what, there's probably somebody who's going to call me and say, John, come on, man, we were amazing. Uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely changed. It's mm-hmm. amazing. So, yeah. It's always fun watching like the Olympics from like the 1970s versus the Olympics now. Cause like yes. even, not even just volleyball, but like basketball, especially too, like the Hello. game of basketball has completely Ooh. changed yeah. or even within the last 10, 15 years, it's changed a yeah. lot. Watch like, you know, I, I, my middle son who's into MJ is also into Usain Bolt mm-hmm. and I'm um, just watching those guys run. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, and I grew up with Carl Lewis and grew up mm-hmm. with some of the, the greats. And and Carl still holds a couple records. He's amazing. Yes. But when you see Usain and those boys, I mean, it's it's like it's unbelievable. Yeah. And you're and then you know you're like, are they taking something? It's like no way. The guy is so lean and clean. Yeah. And it's just it's just it's God's gift and and also just a lot of practice. I'm still salty that Usain didn't just go ham. Like. <laughs> Every time I see that video of him like coming to the end with his arms out, just chilling, yeah. I was like, he would have set a record that yeah. no one would ever get anywhere no. near to if he had just pushed it all the way through. Yeah. But it also just makes me laugh. I'm like, the fact that he slowed down. Well, I was watching this new kid the other day that's the number one pick from France, what, Victor Wembanyama or whatever, yeah. the basketball. Uh, yeah. He went in to dunk this ball. And he jumped and then he took his arm and his head is at the rim already. Right. Yeah. And he took his arm and he goes boom like this, you know, and yeah. I'm like, what is that? Like, <laughs> yeah. Cause he's, he's like seven foot, seven, five. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and he can shoot. The, I mean, anyway, so, but yeah, we have some fun. Like we, so we have a big Duke in Carolina 
I'm not, I don't have a dog in that fight, Okay, but I'm telling you, it's like pretty wild in our office. Like there's yeah. a lot of dookies and a lot of, a lot of Tar Heels. And so I, I've definitely gotten much more into ACC basketball and just ACC sports and mm-hmm. in general and the SEC for sure. The West coast is like UCLA, USC. If it's on, mm-hmm. they'll watch Yes, here. It's like, everybody's like waiting for the season. They're going right. to the, it's like, it's so different here than it is on the West coast. Everybody out there, it's, it's important. But they'll show up to the Dodger game in the third inning. Yeah. You know, they'll leave in the seventh. <laughs> Here it's people show up to pregame and stay through right. the whole entire game unless it's a blowout. Two hours afterwards. Yes. Exactly. I love it. Thank you for listening to The Last Shot by Whiskey and Wisdom. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider to like and subscribe to the podcast. Can't wait to see you on the next one. Cheers.